everybody and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 220 are open. This week on the show, there's been some labor troubles at Nintendo of America and uh, to talk about all this uh, wonderful news is uh, my best mate Bryce DeWitt. That's all the news for this week. See you later. Yeah, well, it's not all the news, but that's definitely the main story. It's a, it's a little bit of a shame what's uh, what's come out. We talked about it a bit last week, but more seems to be coming oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll look into it though. Yeah, we, we, we will look into we'll it. Look into it. But into uh, it. we'll sort them out before we get to that, Bryce. How you been, my friend? It's good to have you back in the yeah, good the studio, I guess. A bit headachey this week, but otherwise, alright. A bit, right. bit yeah. headache. So last week it was a bit of a. You know? Still is, still is. Oh, actually, yeah. so you haven't shaken it off no, yet? No, it's not contagious. I don't know what it is. Hope not. I don't want it. Well, I mean, you would have it by now. Oh, true, true. You've been mm. with me a few times since I've had this. Like, yeah, no, nah, definitely. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not contagious. It's not COVID. I'm not sure what it is. Mm. I suppose I have to get checked out by a doctor or something. Probably yeah, no idea. We'll get. We'll, you need a little home visit, and you'll be in in bed with a little little towel on your head. And here comes the doctor. That's a, that, that's the problem with getting a doctor's visit these days. It's like, are you coughing? It's like, yes. And it's like, fine. You have to go get a PCR. It's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, like, I'm I'm going to hospital for a cough. Then I know it's not COVID because I've had I've had tests. But you want me to get another PCR? It's like fuck's sake. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a big dilemma. I know that when I was a close contact, I was thinking about should we go and get a PCR, and that was like that's a forty minute drive to get there. Yeah, and I think the best thing, if you did have it, or if you potentially do have something like that, you should just stay home. Well, that's right, and it kind yeah. of beats the point of the whole operation. Yeah. A lot of rules, just kind of mixing things up. Yeah, but yeah, it's just irritating because it's like you want to get checked out for something that's. COVID symptomatic type thing, but it's it's definitely not COVID. You know it's not COVID because you've already had tests. Mm, mm. And then you rock up to a hospital and you, you, you they ask you for your symptoms and then they go, go and get tested for COVID. And I'm like, I already have. And they're like, get tested again. Mm. And you're like, oh. You're like, it's fine. It's not COVID. <laughs> it's just lung syphilis, okay? Yeah, that's right. I want to know about my lung syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Please enlighten me, me. Let me in. Yes. Let me in. Yeah, I don't think the doctors would let you in with uh, much of that. No, probably not. No, no, fair enough. Well, Bryce, I hope you hold up this episode. I'm sure I'll be fine. I know after last week you just had a big big cough up afterwards. I was like, well, that's my boy. Get that's it out. Boy. Get it out, man. Yep. After spending a lot of my day just with my uh, <laughs> uh, three-month-old son, just like patting him on the back, getting burps out of him, I'm very proud of you for getting all that out as well. <laughs> It's an effort, mate. Just triggering the effort. fatherhood in me. Like, there's, mm. a, there's a good boy. That's a good boy. Get well it out. Well done, boy. Yeah. It definitely yeah, makes yeah, me boy. appreciate Shrek when it's like he says it's better out than in. I'm like, I, I 100% agree with Shrek. Better out than in. Um, and we all know the Shrek movies, much better than anything Illumination oh, put out. Son, damn, yeah. Anything, anything. Whatever you say. Illumination. <laughs> just they, actually, they actually are, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, just saying. I've always been a DreamWorks uh, fanatic myself, Bryce. I don't yeah, know. Well, I wonder if the Mario movie make you change your mind, mate. We'll see. I hope so. You'll be watching every Minions movie that comes out ever. I'll be like, oh, big Minions fan now. Yeah. Um, since they'll crossed over with Mario in the movie and <laughs> the Rabbids joined him as well. And God knows what adventure is going to happen in that one. But uh, that's not for a while yet, Bryce. Let's talk about how Guru Geek Outs for this week. And I think one of mine might link up with yours, but it's uh, Reggie's brand new book. Yeah, yeah, actually, and, yeah. Uh, over the week, or it's only like a couple of days, I finished the book uh, via an audio book. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
read aloud by Reggie himself. And uh, just if you guys haven't heard of the book, we talked about it like ages ago, sometime last year when the book was announced, but just a, a really fascinating listen. Just really awesome, just, you know, through, you know, Reggie's life and his uh, sort of, his, um, I guess, in the world of business and how we got to Nintendo. Even that was really interesting. But when it gets to the point when he's like really discussing things from uh, how Nintendo wanted to approach like him coming into the role and even the planning for his first E3 in 2004 when he announced the DS and came out and really sort of tried to shake up the industry and yeah. all that. It was just really interesting. So... Very, very awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been listening to it like at home, at work, like sort of mm. slowly chipping through it. So um, been been a lot of fun, actually. Been a lot of fun. Um, it's uh, sort of given me a lot more insight into sort of like not even just Nintendo stuff, but also like how he's grown on a corporate level and the kind of techniques that he used to sort of push himself up there. Um, you know, it does say stuff like, you know, he was a little bit worried about jumping around jobs for a few years because he did that a lot. And I mean... We knew that anyway when mm. we've talked about him before, I suppose. As, you know, he used to fucking rep for takeaway joints and then also rep for Guinness as well at some point. So he was yeah, doing he, that he, too. He just had like so many... Short um, experiences. Yeah, jobs. And <laughs> just listening to it all in a condensed package like that, it really goes to show that like when you think about things you want to do in life, like I want to do this. Feeling like I'm, I'm going to go to university, then apply and get it. Yeah, but so many of these successful people just haven't. They took a path that they didn't even ex- know where they're going to end up. Reggie never expected to land at Nintendo. It was a recruiter that reached out to him to uh, basically head up their marketing, and then it led to being the president of Nintendo America. But Reggie never set out to be like put in that role. No, which yeah. is really interesting, and he just has a real passion for growing businesses and. Um, like the fast-paced nature of it. It's really, just really fascinating. Just it is, a yeah. big recommendation to anybody that um, likes video games at all or wants even life lessons from uh, from the experiences he's had. It was just absolutely awesome. I, I actually want to go and re-listen to it. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, we will be actually doing a book club on on Reggie's book with uh, with Josh from Nintendvania on Encore at the House of Mario. Really looking forward to that. And... When I organized that, because uh, when I was talking to Josh on um, his podcast, he said he's going to read it. I'm like, oh, let, let's do a book club. That'll be fun. And uh, now that you've read it, you're more than welcome to jump on too, Bryce. Yeah, I might do. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're- See where the time takes us. I think we're organizing it for Monday night. Monday night? I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. We'll see about that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But uh, just big recommendation. Yeah, it's good. Pick yeah. it up on an audio book if you like. You don't have time to sit down with a book. I said, I said to Jade, I'm like, you've got an Audible account, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, cool. I'm like, I've got a book that's coming out that I really want to listen to. She's like, what is it? And I explain. She's like, oh, okay. And she knows Reggie because memes and uh, uh, And us. big obsessive husband. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm, like I'm like, I just want to, I want to listen to it. And like, it's an autobiography or whatever. She's just like, oh, it must be a pretty short book then. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, the audio is only eight hours, 40 minutes long. Yeah. She's like, I'm listening to one that's 26 hours long at the moment mm. about uh, Helter Skelter. And I'm like... I'm like, yeah, I'll stick with the eight hours. I'm good. I don't. Yeah. yeah. See, I. Um, it's too much for me. <laughs> I've, I've been wanting to get back into reading for like a while. Yeah. And I talked about how when I watched the Harry Potter movies, I was thinking, look, I, I should read these books. So I was considering reading them. I was like, well, that's such a massive time investment over Huge. multiple years. I'll check out the audiobooks. Yeah. And each, each book's like 80 hours. I'm yeah. Like, no. like, oh, Jesus. That is an investment I'm not making here. 
I'm like, yeah, probably. Incendio, said Harry Potter in his chirply little voice. And you're just like, did I have to know that? Well, it's narrated by Stephen Fry. It's actually really, really well done. Fry. Well, yeah, because Stephen Fry's, yeah, he's badass. Anything Stephen Fry narrates would be good. Mm. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'm very much enjoying it too. Um, I'm coming near the end of it. I'm in the last two hours, which is good. Uh, I should hopefully be done by Monday. Yeah. There's a bunch of like news tidbits and that that have come out of, I guess, Reggie's uh, talk with Jeff Keighley at the end of the book as well. There's like a, I guess a, it was pretty much a podcast interview at the end of the audio book. So um, if you're interested in that, I'll definitely probably recommend the audio book as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah no, nah, just fantastic. Audio book is a really good way to consume it, mm. to be honest, because not that I don't, not that I don't care about some bits, but some bits sort of, I just gloss over. I'm just like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Like you did this, you did this. Mm. Cause there, there's some bits where it's just like, yeah, I did well here. I did well here. You know, like, Brilliant. But then like he, when he gets into the real logistics of stuff, like when he was dealing with like the Wii Sports packing issue and stuff like that, where like he's actually sort of describing how that, that event went uh, and then stuff with like, he, he talked about um, the uh, brain training, the brain training stuff mm, as well, yeah. which was really interesting actually. It was, yeah. Like, like that's a, that's something we don't think about much because we weren't like big brain training fans. No, no, no. That's we, right, yeah. we weren't the audience for it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. basically in the book they go into, well, Reggie goes into when the game got localized in uh, North America, how they had to incorporate Sudoku in it to actually make that audience more interested in it. Yes, that's where, right. Yeah, where yeah. Sudoku wasn't really, well, isn't a, like isn't really even a game in uh, Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really popular, really popular in the West though. Mm. And uh, it sort of like fits, fits the... Uh, Fits the fits the style of uh, analysis that brain training fits because brain training is like a, an actual thing in Japan, like by a famous headed doctor. So mm-hmm. um, uh, it's uh, it was sort of interesting listening to that. But then, like you had your like opposing things where it's just like we were told to sell uh, the Bigfoot pizza only in these states. So I said, well, let's sell it over here, and it got really big. So, <laughs> congratulations, Reggie. No, I I really enjoyed all of the other. Oh, I think the stories um, are good stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean is, like, it's not as important to me as stuff like we sports packing or like you know, it's like I don't I don't really care if mm. like the Bigfoot. Pe- I don't know what the fuck the big put Bigfoot pizza is. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. When, I'm not I'm not invested. Yeah, well, when it comes to obviously we're Australians, so when it comes to some of these. Uh, American companies doing things like, well, we never got that here. We can't quite relate. Yeah, that's quite right, as much. Yeah. We got Pizza Hut, definitely. That's that's all that I mean by glossing over, though. Is yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I don't have to like hyper focus my attention because mm. I'm like, I want to know about this. At at the time, I went on like a two hour walk just listening to it, yep. and I didn't even care where I was going. I was just walking, and I was just just vibing, just loving it. Like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Just really sunk into it. I thought it was fantastic. So, yeah, it's a brilliant book. Yeah, definitely go and get it. I I sh- I bought it on um I guess Apple Books. It's like twenty one bucks, yeah. and obviously Audible or whatever. Audible free subscription. With your subscription. Yeah. yeah, if you use a token or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fantastic. And uh, this week as well, my gaming PC rocked up, Bryce. It Very did. excited. Yes. Bryce helped me uh, put together the parts and uh, PC manufacturer put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. Because I, you know, I didn't want to deal with all the graphics card shortages and stuff. And I thought it would just be easier to someone else to put it yeah, together. Do it in one bang. Yeah. And from from what I can tell from my very uh, <laughs> amateur eyes, looks pretty good. Yeah, it's Runs very, pretty well. Very, very, very pretty yeah, looking so, unit. So I'm really enjoying playing a couple of games at the moment. It's just 
next to me right now just mass downloading a bunch of stuff on Game Pass. Yep. But uh, playing like Forza Horizon 5. It's going to be a big ultra, crypto mine. Ultra wide. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, watching a documentary um, the other day, just like someone's set up a server farm with all these graphics cards. I'm oh, like, yeah. and Chantel's watching. I'm like, that's why I can't get a fucking graphics card. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why you can't get a graphics card. It's me. I'm just like, I just want to play some, uh, some a shit ton of money, but like at the same time, just like Christ, man. Yeah. Ugh. Well, they make like, I think each card makes 30 bucks a day, according to, yeah, it according does. to him. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> so like if you've, got, of fucking money. if you've got thousands of them, hundreds of them, or however many you have, yeah, adds up. But yeah, really en- enjoying it so far. I can't wait to have it set up. I've just made a trip to EB Games and back. I've got a brand new uh, racing wheel. Mm-hmm. So I've already got my, uh, I guess, gear shifter as well for it. Nice. So I'm going to have, once it's all set up and ready to go and stuff's downloaded. Oh, you're going to shit your pants. I'm going to, yeah, it's going to be so good. And yep. hopefully eventually down the track when I save up some money for a Oculus uh, Quest Have two. you got your pedals? Yeah, it comes with pedals, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. good. No, okay. I wouldn't just get the wheels and no pedals. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that'd be a bit awkward. Yeah, but yeah. So I ended up, I forgot the exact name of it, but it was a, a Logitech 923. And this is like the same model, but one's compatible with Xbox, one's PlayStation, and they're both with PC. Yep. So I had to think about which one am I going to get? Because um, obviously I want to play a lot of like Forza and stuff on Game Pass. There's heaps of racing games. But also yep. like Gran Turismo was locked to PlayStation 5. So I ended up getting the PlayStation model because it has a couple more buttons anyway. Yep. And then I can play Gran Turismo in the lounge or whatever. And then I can play everything. You'd be playing most on. of those on PC anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? I want to be playing ultra wide on the yeah. monitor and you can't do that on the Xbox. So Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, so my, my gaming setup is evolving. Yeah, this. And yeah. I'm very, very excited to be playing a PC it version. And ladies and gentlemen, watch out. Yeah, no. It, seriously, it's... um Scary. Yeah, no, it's, it's happened. <laughs> Buddy Drew and his PC gaming here. Oh, yeah. Did you think you would see the day, Bros? No, I kept telling you for a long time too, but... Mm. Yeah, never no, thought but, I'd see the day. And, uh, you know... I almost had you there for a bit and then you went and bought a Mac Mini and you were like, oh, this is nice. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the thing is for a long... Like, for for a, for a while there, like, I didn't I didn't need, a, a, like, a, a gaming PC to push better graphics. So I was playing a lot of third-person games and just, you know, just, your, I guess, your typical AAA game that's on your Xbox or your PlayStation yeah. as well as occasionally Switch. But now that I'm like, I want, I want the ultra wide. I want to be playing racing games with a lot of mods, and you know, it's just, just my, my needs changed. Yeah. As yeah. far as what I wanted to play, so. Yeah, and that's not. That's, that's why I jumped into that's it. It's fine. Yeah. 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 So I'm happy that I got it now. Because if I got it earlier, I would have not have. I don't know, the graphics card might not be as powerful or something. I don't know. <laughs> <I> might, <laughs> yeah, might not have paid as much. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. it is what it is. We're yeah. here now, bros. It's yeah. It's a, it's rainbow at the moment. I don't want to keep it rainbow. It's a bit obnoxious. It's a bit much. What do you reckon? Do you like the rainbow? Do you like it just white or put some red in there? I don't know. You have to figure it out. You'll have hmm. to fuck around with the uh, settings. And yeah. See how it goes. I clicked on the... because It's just on 24-7 at the moment because it's just downloading and my internet's slow. I'm like, how much power is that taking? Just this fucking rainbow <laughs> just glowing in the room, just downloading stuff. It's probably... <laughs> I put a strip of LEDs behind my desk uh, just just because I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind the ambience. So I just like put a, a cheap hmm. strip of LEDs and like stuck them, stuck them along the uh, back line of the desk and my kids won't leave them alone. Oh, right. <laughs> like here's the like the, the like the remote and they're just like, <laughs> like play. it makes a bit di- big difference. Like if you're in the dark and you just do like a nice like blue glow, it just adds nice ambience. Yeah, to it's nice. Yeah. While right. you while you're playing your game, so I would like to do it to more. So mm. one day, but I'll, to, yeah, 
Because mm, on my other desk, I had a had a strip as well. But now I think the, the bloody computer's going to glow the whole room anyway. <laughs> the way it's going. So we'll see if I need one. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. So did you have any uh, Guru Geek Outs you'd like to point out this week? Yeah, I guess um, for anybody that did pop into mm. my stream, my yes. last Breath of the Wild contro- uh, crowd control stream um, on, what was it, Wednesday? Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. thanks everybody for for jumping in and ch- uh, taking a look. Um, the good news is, is I've managed to retain all the VODs, I think. So I've downloaded them all and um, I'll start cutting them up and probably upload the full thing or yeah because i don't really have the patience to go through and just like cut individual clips out of them and then sort of stick them all together or whatever um for the full experience i might do it one day but uh, for now i'd just like to sort of get it all up on youtube or what have you um so we'll uh we'll see how we go the other the other option is is that like i've got another person who did my entire first stream so he might go back and do more so you know if he does what a legend <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah for now though um it was a absolutely brilliant stream i put on a little bit of uh, a little bit of showmanship for fun and um introduced some new streaming tools which was fun that was fun to play with as well you could f- uh, throw things at me it was a lot of fun yeah because i because <laughs> bryce streams very late here in australia so yeah yeah, yeah. and I've, I've got to sync up my time a little bit with with lucas so i popped in Mm-hmm. And I just saw like all of this stuff being thrown at his avatar. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, on here, but I did pop in to mention that I did uh, subscribe to his Twitch with my yeah, yeah. Uh, Prime sub, which you guys can do too if you want to show some support exactly. to Bryce. That's if you uh, have an Amazon Prime subscription. Yeah, if you're not using that uh, Twitch Prime subscription, I'll uh, I'll appreciate you. Definitely, yeah. Just a couple bucks my way. So how, how did it turn out? So you beat you beat Ganon. I, I beat it. Yeah, and, I beat it. And how did that turn out with all the crowd control stuff yeah, going brilliant. on? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually I didn't have too much trouble. I had one person that had been saving points just for me to take my glasses off for the final fight. Real pain in the butt that was. But um, I think I started to acclimate to like some of the things that were a little rougher uh, in the early game, like the, the ability to stop me from moving entirely, for example. Um, that was really hard in the early game, <laughs> but I just learned ways to counter it in the late game sort mm. of thing. So I managed to actually figure it out, which was good. And I, I sort of got through it. It didn't, didn't take that long to beat, to beat, uh, to beat Ganon, which was, uh, you know, kind of also uh, like a pleasant surprise, but also like, whew, at the same time, um, but, uh, could, sped through Hyrule Castle. Could, just, could people trigger lightning? Yeah, they could. Under the, yeah, under the, yeah that's crazy. That'd be, like, that'd be really fun to see. <laughs> like that, that, there was a lot of things like, um, you know, uh, the second to last stream for this one was probably the worst one because, um, the, uh, it was, it was, uh, at Death Mountain and Death Mountain, unfortunately cancels out like a lot of weather effects. So rain doesn't work there. Lightning doesn't work there. Changing the time of day doesn't work there you know stuff like that and then they're the they're the fun effects to fuck with because like i'll be scaling the cliff and somebody will turn on the rain just like (laughs) do you know what i mean uh and so like uh it it, that that wasn't happening very much last stream whereas this stream because i was just running around hyrule collecting all the memories and sort of doing the story stuff um before i ended the game people could still sort of fuck with me then it was a yeah fun uh it was um Probably, uh, probably the highest interactivity stream since the first one, um, because like the first stream was one of those things where people really latched onto it. They're like, "Oh, this is awesome," and uh, I was I was happy to provide that sort of thing. But obviously, with subsequent streams, like it it loses its zing a little bit. It's still good, but it, mm. it's it's not like that first discovery of like, "Oh my god," sort of thing. So I was like, for the last stream, I have to introduce a few things. I like opened up my chats uh, in Discord, so I like I put up a stages so people could jump in and uh, 
and um, say hello on stream and stuff like that and went through it. And by the end of it, I had some like most of my regulars, uh, regulars in voice call with me as I was finishing the game and we wrapped it up, had a quick chat afterwards and yeah, ended it. It was really good. Uh, it was one of my best stream, best performing streams. I kind of expected it to be, to be honest, because it mm-hmm. was promote the fuck out of. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was... Um, just a positive experience overall, but I'm a little sad that it's over if I'm honest, because Mm. it has been like my first major step into really pushing my channel. And, uh, for the last six to eight weeks, I can't remember exactly how much you could have really eked out breath of the wild. Surely. Hey, you could have really eked it out though. It could have been a real long game. You could have spent 200 hours just going around getting hit by lightning. (laughs) There's no way, there's no way, there's no way I'm going back and doing like the Koroks and all the shrines and stuff like that. First of all, that's Mm. impossible anyway, because of the method that you need to have for uh, crowd control, um, there was just no way that was going to work. Mm. So uh, it's it's sort of like, well, shrines is pointless, and then Koroks, nobody's going to sit there for 900 of them. So I'm not doing I that. Yeah, I, no. <laughs> um, but what I will be doing is that uh, that won't be the final opportunity. The final opportunity will be in the uh, DLC and um, the Master Sword Trials. So... That'll be fun. The Master Sword Trials. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I'm thinking of doing is... Um, well, not for you, for us. <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm th- what I'm thinking of doing is the DLC. I'll probably do the DLC and I'm thinking about doing Tarrytown in the same in the same thing because the DLC is not... You know, it's not crazy to do. It's just one hit obliterator. It's like a two-hour romp sort of thing and then I can just do Tarrytown and like get Link's house up and going. It's not, not too hard to do. Um, so do that and sort of get that built up and then the other stream will be Master Sword Trials because, you know, people... Like, that that's hard enough in and of, in of itself, let alone mm. people fucking with you all the time. <laughs> and if I die, I'm going to have to reset. So I'm going to have to jack up the price of some things to make it a little less. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, if I get like fucking, you know, ten like nine floors in and then somebody zaps me with lightning and I'm just dead. And yeah, no, like, I get that. Christ. So I'd have to... I'd have to just sounds it. like a... Like a Ubisoft or an Activision patch notes just by local. We've had to chuck up the microtransactions <laughs> to balance the game a bit more. And it's not even fucking microtransactions. People can do it with channel points. It's just, you know, no, I'm not. It's like if I if I leave it that low on the channel points and bits side, it's just going to absolutely eat me alive. Mm-hmm. So I'll uh, probably yeah. turn them, turn those things up a little bit and I'll still leave, like give people the option to burn me and stuff like that because people can't burn you to death. They can burn you down to a point and then like, uh, I think it's the same with cold as well. Mm. They can only cold you down. Oh, wait, no. Cold's constantly persistent. I don't know. It's weird how cold works. Um, but uh, yeah, so there'll be that as well. And that uh, that sort of is what it is. But, um, you know, you'll still have effects like making me walk backwards and turning the room dark and activating a blood moon so you can reset the room and stuff like that. You can still do stupid shit like that. Mm. Um, so we'll sort of just see how it goes. Yeah, because you've had like a, a good amount of people watching you and- Oh, shit, yes, yeah. Yeah, usually, you know, when you're doing Smash Brothers and stuff, you, you had like myself and a couple of other guys from the Discord, for example, mm-hmm. playing with you and stuff. But yep. where, did, where did these people come from? Were they just interested in what you were doing? Was it the VTubing side of things that- uh, Partial. People were coming to you for? Like, I'm yeah. just intrigued like why it just exploded straight away. Um, so- Apart from being a fun idea, but <laughs> yeah. Like, well, okay, so I know that- that I know that, um, and for those people who are wondering about Smash, because I know that we have people um, in in the Discord and stuff like that that uh, like I was playing with, and um, people people do want to see that again sometime. We'll be doing that again, mm-hmm. um, probably not on the same regular amount of basis, but you know, I'm I'm not really 
as fun as I was having with Smash, was started to have, you get a couple bad eggs there, which I was kind of just like, I don't really want to deal with that. It's kind of hampering, hampering my experience and I don't really want it to yeah. become prevalent in my streams. <laughs> It's like, a, remember that bad egg I had like in 2017 playing arms? Yeah. Yeah. People <laughs> like that. People like that, man. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not really into that. No, I, I really I'm there that. literally playing with like joy cons and like someone's like, stop ganging up on me. Like, buddy, you know, <laughs> just throwing out, you know, some, some colorful words. I'm like, come yeah. down, mate. I'm just here waggling around with my mate Brass. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was more interested in killing Drew than I was him anyway. So yeah. it's, it's like, it's like, I don't know what he was worried about. It's like, you're ganging up on me. And like, it's just like, yeah, I don't really want to deal with that anymore. But a lot of the people I've met through Smash have been great. But unfortunately, there is those bad eggs that just turn me off doing it all the time. Um. So anyway, yeah. So basically what happened is I started streaming um, during my COVID lockdown. And then I met a few people playing banjo who were just interested in watching banjo. But then some of those people ended up being in like, and those people are streamers as well. Then I had some people that were interested in like watching, um, uh, the breath of the wild stuff when I brought that up. So I was like, cool. So I did that. And then they've sort of posted that towards their communities and it was just mutual growth, I guess. Mm. And ever since then, we've just been doing this big mutual growth between like um, a couple of streamers into smaller streamers and sort of pushing them up. And then those people have been streaming together and then pushing our viewerships sort of like up in an organic way, which has been really good. Um, I think that's a stupid positive and like um, it's, it's like I sort of just got almost adopted in a way into communities, which was nice. Um, so it's, it's sort of just worked out in the long run. And now, um, you know, then I, I did catch the attention of people who just were browsing the Breath of the Wild section. They're like, oh, crowd control. Nice. And so that sort of happened. And yeah, so now here we yeah, go. Cool. Yeah. All right. So Worked Bryce really well. is, uh, not up for adoption anymore. He's taken. <laughs> I'm, yeah. He's claimed. I'm you can go to the person's house for a pat, but that's about it. Yeah. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Not yours. You had the, you had the chance to go there and take him in and fill out the forms. No longer the no, case. No longer the case. No, no. I'm yeah, still no. up for adoption. I'm just the uh, the, the, the shittier uh, skinny dog <laughs> towards the end of the kennel. No one wants to take in. Just stream more, man. That's what you got to do. Okay. okay. I'm, str- I'm streaming. <laughs> Someone adopt me. No, uh, I think I will be streaming a bit more now, but you know. Now that you've got a nice big PC there, yeah. man, there's no reason not to. Do so it. This, this computer has so many lights, surely it will work now. Yeah. No, dude, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's good. It's good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, don't know. Haven't been playing much on Switch at all. I've just been like mucking around stuff on PC, but I'm really looking forward to Strikers and what like Strikers news has come out. Are you? So I didn't catch the trailer, but I'll have to watch it later. Yeah. Yeah. No, it looks pretty interesting. Hopefully, next level games uh, kicks it out the park, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully there's no goalkeeper. Otherwise, we might be a bit scared. Oh, we better hope there's no goalkeeper. Camelot had a bloody good goalkeeper on their game. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about the news because uh, we've got a bit to talk about. And we've got, um, unfortunately, a news article that was kind of inevitable just with how the industry is going at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, we, f- for the most part, we could ignore, uh, you know, well, not ignore, but just not talk about it on this show necessarily, apart from just how we feel on the actual situation with like Activision, Ubisoft, X other publisher. We've had like separate stories from like Sony, which turned out not to be a whole lot, but now we're facing something from Nintendo as far as uh, labor concerns with uh, contractors are going. So let's jump into the news, Bryce, and we'll sort of uh, dissect this article from IGN. Sure. Is that all? I fight for my friends. Yeah. My body is 
Okay, so there's a big article on IGN titled Inside the Growing Discontent Behind Nintendo's Fun Facade. And I don't know. We talked a bit about a bit about it last week, but it seems like more is coming out. And IGN, look, this is the most surprising thing about actually the whole thing. IGN actually did some investigative journalism <laughs> and they didn't re- just rewrite a press release. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I think we should just do a whole topic on that. That's that's nuts. But <laughs> Kat Bailey, the, uh, the article of your... The article of the author. The author of the article. <laughs> the article of your author. Um, you know, goes into great depth and gets uh, like a, a bunch of different takes from, say, ex-employees and ex-contractors. And the article is too long to read on the show. I'll stumble for like five hours to get through it all. Uh, but it's definitely uh, interesting. If you want the full context, go and check it out. They also have the video if you don't want to read. God yes. forbid, if you if you hate reading. But um, it brings up a, like a lot of different points. I guess the gist of the story is that um, Nintendo's contractors, they're sort of, you know, they, they feel left out and like second-rate citizens compared to the full-time employees and even to the point where they're in like a different building, less uh, sort of, uh, I guess, facilities and uh, resources in those positions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, it's um, it's not on the same level as, say, like, I don't know, the, the rape culture, bloody Activision, does oh, it? Uh, so... so I think just to just to set this conversation, that when there's problems in the video game industry or any industry, they're on different levels, different conversations. Absolutely, they're, they're all unique. Yep. So let, let's not jump to the holy shit, Nintendo's awful. Let's not bite their games. But uh, from what we can tell from Nintendo America, there's definitely some changes that needs to be made. And I think with with it all out in the open now, I, f- I feel like this is a relatively simple fix. Sit down, listen to people. And uh, put the resources where they're needed. Yeah. But um, Bryce, just I guess off the top of the bat, what, what are you thinking when uh, all of this came out? Oh, look, um, I believe I put it pretty much eloquently about how I feel about it uh, just before we started the show in that um, like no major corporation is your friend and you should always sort of like, you know, and like and last week I talked about how like this is like the Nintendo that I'm seeing these days is not the Nintendo that I, I used to see. Um, and I find I found that very disappointing, and this sort of just leans into that as well. But you know, even when Nintendo was, you know, the Nintendo that I loved, I realized that they are also still a corporation, and then there's always probably going to be things sort of in on the side there, right? And like you said just now, it's it's not like the same sort of culture that culture that uh, Activision Blizzard was harboring, but unfortunately, it is sort of a. Uh, Probably a more formalistic, formalistic bullying of sorts in in some ways too. Mm. Um, like uh, when it comes to splitting them up in buildings and stu- different buildings and stuff like that. Like I understand that Nintendo likes to try and be very private about their properties and um, sort of how that's being leaked and stuff like that. Even though Nintendo was one of the most leaked um, IPs, uh, IPs companies rather in the industry, and its IPs are under that same, full under that same category, getting leaks from them all the time always happens. Um, uh, it's uh, sort of sort of annoying to see that they can't simply just have a tighter NDA structure and just have people working with other people where it's necessary. Mm. Um, and being treated as second-rate citizens, that's, you know, that, that's pretty, that's pretty stupid really. Yeah, I mean, they they go into there's there's lots of different ways you can take it, and 
I don't know, I, tr- I try to think about it just stepping back and maybe looking at both sides and trying to sort of figure out because we're not, we're, we are not a fly on the wall. We live in a separate country. We're not in the video games industry. No. We just care about the product and, yeah. um, you know, love, um, you know, what these people do for us really. Like they go do their nine to five and we want them to be happy and just make awesome products for us to enjoy. And at the end of the day, you know, w- when it when it comes down to companies we like, we should be more more harder on them to to keep them to keep them aligned with doing the right thing really because if if hardcore i guess uh people like you and i bryce and the people listening to this if we just go ah we don't care if you're being a little bit shit then it's just it's going to snowball in the next decade and who knows what the situation could be if same thing with um, microtransactions yeah if if they uh, happen the same way yeah Oh, it's just a little mm. bit of money and now all of a sudden people are spending $300 trying to get one mm. character in Genshin Impact or something. It's, yeah, it's, not, it's not good enough. Because re- reading through it and just seeing like from Nintendo's point of view, like, they, they don't want their, their stuff leaked and they're very like, very just nailed down as far as what information comes out of that building. So you can see why contractors do, just doing a month here and a month there wouldn't be allowed access to that information. You can see that, like contractors will be coming in and out all the time, and you can sort of get that. But when it comes to like, like say work parties or even like facilities with like the soccer grounds and that that they have at Nintendo of America and all that, and they can't use any of that, it's like, all right, that's a that's that's just shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> just makes silly. makes their working day that much worse for the rest of them. And these contractors, like I said, like fair enough, like three month, you know, contractors or year contractors or whatever, but. Some of these contractors have been there for a decade. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And some of them do mention that they are frustrated that they didn't get hired on to become full-time staff. And I don't know, I'm not sure how much of a complaint that is. That that could just be that Nintendo doesn't, just wants to save money and they're being a a shitty corporation for just outsourcing that. Or it could be potentially that that contractor wasn't that good. Like, I don't, don't know. I don't know any side. Yeah. You can be at a place for a decade mm. and still be considered like yeah. good enough to be on the job, but maybe not so much to be, you know, like directly in the line of sight. In which case, you know, it is it is like the employee's mm. responsibility to say like, how can I improve my chances? And then sort of discuss rather than just sort of be like, well, I've been here for 10 years. Why haven't they hired me? It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. But and you, you don't see many complaints about that specifically. It's more of like, more or less just mm. like one of those things, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you can see it from that point of view and like a lot of the time the contractors come in to basically, I guess, give the full-time workers time off to keep, you know, keep, I guess, the production line going. And yeah, that's right. I think just from Nintendo's point of view, just with the success of the Switch, they need a lot more sort of content to keep it going. Mm-hmm. There's no sort of line that is the 3DS or the DS or whatever where it is they can pump out, uh, pump out content a lot quicker yeah, on those platforms. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it takes a, a lot more work and the games are becoming a lot more dialogue heavy, a lot more translation. Sort of a lot more work is going into them. Um, so you can see why contractors should be turned like turned into full-time employees if they are needed. And um, there was a interview with um, Nintendo Voice Chat uh, for IGN's Nintendo podcast. And they actually talked to Reggie about this. And I think R- R- Reggie was quoted for saying, this wasn't the Nintendo that I left, you know, back in 2019. And th- there are some reports saying that people believed that these changes were sort of turning for the worst back in 2015. 
So that was in Reggie's time. And whether that is sort of Reggie just not being – he's obviously at the very top, so he wouldn't know what the contract – what every single contractor thinks. Like even if he wanted to, he couldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah. whether you take that as far as it goes or or when it got turned to like Doug Bowser or when a WADA passed away and then stuff changed at Nintendo Japan, like how that affected Nintendo of America, there's lots of sort of – differences that that could have led to something like this yeah absolutely yeah but um yeah no it, it's it's difficult to sort of bring up because it is it is sad yeah because i think for the for the most part it's like we love video games we all love video games we're listening to video game podcasts playing heap of video games buying video game hardware supporting the industry we love it's art it's entertainment it's fantastic um but when like when all these stories start coming out so it's like oh damn it really you and I think I think for a lot of us, especially if you're a die-hard Nintendo fan, it's like, oh, really, you too, Nintendo? And it's it's um it's definitely just a problem. They can be like, all right, let's fix this, and it, it'll be a hopefully a something HR can clean up pretty well. And as long as Doug Bowser and the rest of the I guess the leadership team at Nintendo of America can sort of uh, look down and get it fixed, hopefully, yeah, and just yeah. like you know, just fix the facilities. I I did laugh when I was um reading the article that like just uh just as far as the facilities go like um just getting like how i guess development time is slowed down because of getting translated from uh um japanese and just like their internet's not that not that good and all that i'm like of course it's not it's bloody nintendo of course they don't have <laughs> like i could imagine you would assume a company like nintendo would just have like you know it's fantastic internet it's in redmond washington <laughs> it's just like but they probably don't that's probably they probably don't even think about it probably still send stuff over fax and everything yeah yeah like i would not be surprised <laughs> no not at all um so yeah I, I don't think i have too much to say on it we will be seeing how this story evolves and you know i think i think for once since uh his position was filled i think doug bowser needs to come out and actually address this yeah he doesn't say much. Though, yeah, I was going to say he doesn't say a hell of a lot, <laughs> so I don't know how much confidence to have in that. But mm. we'll see. Because, like, I guess back to Reggie's book, this was one of the really insightful things is when Reggie came in, he was just sort of pushing the boundaries. The, the, the book is called, <laughs> like... Uh, disrupting the game. Disrupting the game. And that's exactly what he did. He came into Nintendo and be like, why do you do it this way? And he pushed a lot of those traditions that Nintendo of America had. And he made Miyamoto angry at him. Mm-hmm. Miyamoto is like, you don't understand how much work and effort goes into this. You guys just push pens or whatever. And he's just like, listen, man, look, just package we play with the Wiimote, okay? It'll help sell it, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I mean, it worked in both cases. It worked both the cases. They, mm-hmm. they sold it in Japan and it went well, and then they sold it with the Wiimote and it went well. So, yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know, listening to his position in the book, it sounded like he was doing a lot of things right to make that culture good. Yeah. But as far as as far as like the contractors go, that's where it, that's where it comes down to where just I mean he's the CEO, he doesn't handle everything. He, no, of he course just not. oversees it. So if he does if he isn't aware of the issues, then it's probably gonna be a bit harder to, you know, do it. Now, the chances of him seeing those issues um are probably high. Yeah, sure. But in the in the cases of like, it really depends on like how many people actually end up coming out and talking about this. If it's like you know, if it's like twenty to thirty people, then yeah, you'd mm. probably be like. But if it just happens to be like a couple of people are really disgruntled about it, it's like, 
Yeah, then it, it, it's shitty, but it's it's a bit hard to say that Reggie would be able to see that. Yeah, being well, the person that he has to be. I guess to like, I guess to put my um my thoughts on it with a bow. I don't think this is to be. I don't think this is Nintendo being malicious. I think this is them being stuck in traditions and sort of their operation order order yeah. that is just locked in the past, much like a lot of some of their products. And that, <laughs> but they need to listen to the employees and the people making this stuff. Whether it is like the full-time employees just being impacted because they've got a bigger workload and they're not bringing on these people full-time or that people are being stuck in these positions where it's just like, well, this is a dead-end job. This is miserable. We're not being given the rights the rest of the company have just be, just because of this, <laughs> I might leak a Mario game bloody <laughs> a month early or whatever it is. Yeah. So th- th- there are other ways where those things won't get leaked. That's right. You can threaten to sue the fuck out of them, for example. <laughs> That's exactly Which right. Nintendo is very familiar with. Yeah. Um, if you want to mod one of their games, you better look out. God forbid. Mm. And that really annoys me too because it's like, look at Sonic. Like the community makes Sonic what it is. Yeah. It's like just Mario could be something really special, but oh, well, it is something really special. Yeah, I but like not in the way that not in the way that Sonic is. Yeah, it's like yeah, Sonic Sonic doesn't do too hot in like the uh, like in the uh, general market space these days. But when it actually comes out, its fans are more passionate than. And Mario I'm not fans. even I'm not talking about the furry stuff to be clear. <laughs> I'm okay. just talking. I'm just talking about like you know Sonic Mania, a lot of the music coming out, like you know all that type of stuff. Uh, like hey man, like you know even the furry stuff, they're passionate about it. Oh look. Right. The how, many pe- how many people do you see them draw- see drawing Mario naked? Uh yeah, yeah not many. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, yeah, look, it's one of those things. It, it, it's just one of those things. If you if they're passionate about it, they're passionate about it. So mm. then they, there you go. But um, yeah, a lot more a lot more Sonic fan content than there is. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely have throbbing passion for for Sonic Fuck content. Sake. Yeah, God damn it, man. Yeah, so no, we'll, we'll be paying attention to this uh, going forward, much like, you know, we talked about it a bit last week, but more has come out this week. Um, hopefully, Nintendo of America listens. Yeah. And uh, we do hear something from Doug Bowser or someone in a leadership position there, and this gets fixed. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully so, man. I'm sure it will. Mm. I'm sure it will. Hopefully. I don't think they'll let this linger because Nintendo really does care about what people think of them. They're like that... Uh, yeah, uptight I, girl at high school like oh my god like, I look pretty I'm gonna look this but I don't, I don't know <laughs> I don't know I don't know I, I, these days I feel like like mm. they're public Im- they don't care as much about the public image oh. because the Switch is doing well oh no they definitely they definitely do but it seems to be when these companies have big successes like Sony did Sony has done the exact same thing Nintendo has just a few years earlier like PlayStation Three, it's it's uh, it's it's failing. It's losing against Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. They're losing market share in one of the most important aspects of their company. So what do they do? Their personalities come out. You get Shuhei Yoshida. You get all of these people being like, "Look, I'm the I'm the guy who's ahead of the first parties. I'm the indie guy. I'm the guy who just like pushes PlayStation Vita." And so all these micro communities within this uh, sort of fan base, and it makes them stronger than ever. And then. Eventually, when they talk to those people, it just explodes. It's yep. like what happened with PlayStation 4. It's like, yeah, that real strong core, and then it just explodes with just the, the casual uh, buyers with PlayStation 4. Yep. And Nintendo has done the exact same thing with the Wii U, just just abysmal. 
but they they have to write it out. They can't just go, all right, we're bringing out the Switch straight away. They, yeah. They've got development time and they also can't just rip off and throw away the consumers that actually stuck with them. So when it comes to Switch, that completely changes and they don't have to do that anymore. They pull them back. And to be fair, a lot of them actually have retired or you know, actually passed away with, yeah. in the case of Iwata. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If Iwata was, he, he'll probably still be up there, to be honest, doing Nintendo Directs. Like, I honestly believe that and the Iwata yeah, asks too. and yeah. all of that. But just what with that, with that success, change of leadership, you know, this, they don't have to do it. Nintendo Directs are just with a, with a voice now and we don't get that sort of personal uh, connection with the company, which, which you know, it's all, it's all marketing at the end of the day, but it certainly makes it a lot more fun uh, for con- I guess consuming the like the entertainment that they put out. Yeah, it's right. all a part of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, we all love uh, taking like maybe a day off or setting a night aside for E three, and we we're all aware it's uh it's marketing. We don't care, mm. <laughs> and we're gonna sit there and just watch every single press conference and enjoy it. And it's all all part of it. But I think now with E three not being a thing, and summer summer game fest just going on forever like it has the past couple of years it's all becoming a lot less fun i don't know about you bryce like with no e3 no like big personalities to go ha it's becoming corporate yeah it's not that it wasn't before but like no it's yeah. it, it's it's it feels more so now more than ever that uh you know these things aren't really getting the same limelight in the ways that you prefer mm. um but um so i remember when they when they put up the trailer for uh super mario uh no uh, paper mario sorry uh, it's, it's coming out in three months. We're like, cool. Like that's a, that's actually kind of a, a neat way to announce some games just randomly on Twitter. It comes out, but I don't know about like every single one. It's a, it just, I don't know. It's a bit, a bit sucky really. Yeah, it is really <laughs> sucky, but yeah, hopefully we can see. I, I'm, I'm glad they're being held accountable now. That's the thing. I think that's the biggest thing is things are being, is things are starting to get held accountable. Doesn't, does that necessarily mean that, uh, you know, <laughs> does that really mean that it fucking takes lesser up of a thing or you know what have you no not really the problem is as they've been doing them all these years and now that they can finally be held accountable for it it's probably a good thing but uh hopefully that's a trend that continues i would prefer that trend to continue rather than it not but we'll see mm. yeah yeah definitely so stay tuned for some hopefully positive changes in that all right, so moving on, we got an article from Vooks.net and it's titled, uh, Rest in Peace, the Nintendo experience at EB Games Swanston Street has closed. And for international listeners outside of Australia, this is basically our Nintendo World Store <laughs> in Australia. I've never been. I, you have. You went with me. I was there with you. You have been. No, I don't remember it. No. You, you have. We, we, we went there. No, no, no. You sure? I'm I'm certain. I do not remember any. I I, I look at these pictures and no, I we not did. Fucking, no, no way. We when, did. When? Like at PAX one year. I can't remember what year it was, but we went there. We've, we've, we've had two PAXs and one of them, I don't think I walked into an EB Games. <laughs> I don't think I walked All right, into well, a single EB Games. Bryce, even if we have been there, I'm not going to argue because you can't remember it and you can't, you won't be able to talk about you it. You can't anyway. remember it either. You just said, oh, I swear. I'm pretty sure we did because I, I remember saying we should go there and record an episode with my portal. Yeah, I remember recorder. you saying that. Yeah. But I don't think we've ever been there. Yeah. Oh, I've been there anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I feel like I'd remember this. So in, in Melbourne, Australia, uh, one of the, I don't know if you call it the main street or 
within the city anyway on Swanston Street, there's an EB Games and it's just a normal EB Games, but you go up the stairs and it's just all Nintendo, all Nintendo themed, just a, a demo kiosks set up. Um, they had lots of events there. I only went to one event, which was the Mario Odyssey launch when I was there for PAX. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not a Melbourne local. I wasn't going there all the time. But it was always one of those things where I just wanted to, to go and check out. I, I This must have been before, when I was in high school sometime. I, I went for a trip up to Melbourne with my mum to watch El Devo. El Devo is a really nice opera group. Uh, my mum really likes them and I actually really like them as well. <laughs> yeah. So we went up and watched them and uh, when we when we were at the concert, I'm looking around, it's either old people or the only uh, boys my age had their arms over each other kissing. So it was either, <laughs> you're, either, you're, either you're either gay or you're old. That, was, that, that seemed to be the audience. Wow. Okay. I wasn't, um, I wasn't old and... I wasn't gay yet anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I, we made a special trip to uh, go to um, the EB Games and just went around. And I think at the time it was Wii and DS. Or it might have been 3DS and Wii. Got around checking out everything out. And Yeah, it's, that's a picture of you and Charles Martinet, isn't it? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Charles Martinet and someone in a Mario costume. It's like, well, <laughs> if I grew out my moustache and had it real stylized enough. Way to go. I'm a 12. I'm a 12. <laughs> Um, and one year for PAX, I went there and got a project, uh, not project, uh, Kirby Planet Robobot. All right. That's where I got that game. And I don't know. I just went there and just had a look around, really. I wonder if they'll make any plans to um, to replace this sort of thing. Mm. Don't know. I feel, like, I feel like the reason it's closed now is um, specifically because uh like covid has really dampened the need for this type of thing but mm. maybe when covid's open covid's over maybe yeah see i've not seen no we've i've not been in there no way no not once no way no well, oh well, well, it's coming from your mouth i'll, I'll believe you i i swear we made the trip where is swanston swanston street i don't even know it's just in the in the center of melbourne in the center of melbourne that does not tell me a lot there's a lot. i mean I don't know how big the centre of Melbourne is, but when we go to PAX, we're in the centre of Melbourne. It's like... Yeah, that's correct, yeah. The only places I ever remembered walking to is bars, bars, more bars, a KFC where people were drug fucked the entire night. Yeah, that was a good time. And McDonald's that was just like a little fucking like pop-up store in the in the, in the the little plaza thing there. I remember running there to go grab a burger before they shut at 12. I got we had some good burgers in Melbourne. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. Let's, let's get some more context. So, obviously, a lot of the team at Vox, uh, they would live in Melbourne, so they have a lot more uh, time going there. Yeah. So, what does the article say? The article reads, The closest thing to a Nintendo store in Australia has closed as of last weekend. The Nintendo experience upstairs within the EB Games Swanson Street in Victoria has uh, had all the stock removed, lights off, and the area is now roped off. The area was used for Nintendo events, midnight launches, celebrity signings, tournaments, a museum. Oh, the museum was awesome too. Yeah. It had like every uh, console laid out. Never seen um, it then. <laughs> and a, a retail spot uh, was first opened on Saturday, December 6th, all the way back in 2008. 13 years. Uh, the upper level was filled with classic Nintendo consoles on display and a space to play games with friends to try out new games. Countless games had midnight launches there, and there was even the voice of Mark himself, Charles Martinet, visited and signed for autographs for fans. Even world records were set. I'll have to check that out, actually. Uh, revamped twice in its life, most recently in 2018 when the Switch launched. It's been a Nintendo's fans' uh, place uh, for a long uh, visit for a long time. 
There's uh, been events for everything from Wii, Wii U, DS, 3DS, and the Switch. Midnight launches for Wii Sports Resort and Skyward Sword. Uh, Super Mario 3D Land and nearly every Pokemon game, Mario 8 for the f- for the first time and more. Uh, we've reached out to, to Nintendo to see why it's closed and if it's indeed closed forever. Yeah, so they haven't actually confirmed whether it has closed for you forever yet. I think it is a COVID-related thing and they're just like... Mm, definitely, yeah. They're just like, it's too much of a pain in the ass to keep up. Just shut it down until we can sort of figure out something later on or maybe the store's changing hands or something like that and they've got some stuff to figure out. Like, it, it, yeah, it could be a many number of things, but it's closed for now. That's all that's really important, which, uh, yeah, I suppose that sucks. Do you think if they're like, all right, look, it's not a viable business anymore. Let's just uh, use upstairs for maybe some inventory or whatever. Well, they, they, they would have to say, look, this is shutting down. Surely it wouldn't just be like lights off. It's just, it's a bit strange. And surely someone can- They would have had an event, someone- if, if you ask me. Yeah, so someone can ask the manager, surely. Like, what's going on with upstairs? <laughs> like, uh, I have a feeling, I have a feeling, well, if they can't comment or anything like that as well, they can then just be like, mm. oh, not sure. But the other thing is, is like, I feel like for such a monumental thing for the Nintendo experience in Melbourne, I feel like somebody, they would have, they would have had like a, like an event to say goodbye to like the memories that the place has created. I don't, I don't feel like it would have just shut down to nowhere, out of nowhere and been like, all right. I'd hope not, no. Yeah, so I have a feeling that they've probably got plans for it, but right now it's probably just yeah, Mm. shutting lights off due to COVID stuff. Yeah, so the only like midnight launch I went to was Murray Odyssey, and I went there like with a bunch of people from the old uh, Aussie Nintendo uh, forum that we were a part of, and I went there and I already had my um my copy preloaded on my Switch with like a digital copy, so I just went there for for the fun of it. Yeah, just uh. You know, just in the crowds, people like lining up for this game. And I'm just there. Like I literally, I linked up my phone, uh, my phone to my switch and just unlocked it. And I started playing. I'm like, oh, I guess have fun battling in these lines and that. Like it, it was, it was cool to be there. But at the same time, there wasn't, it wasn't like there's a barbecue going on. It's like a big party. It was just like a lot of people being like, oh, I'm excited lining up. Dude, it sounds like I got more of an experience out of my Modern Warfare 3 launch. Oh, what happened with that one? They gave us all free Domino's pizza and yeah, Monster so, Energy drinks. See, so that's, that's what I need. Oh, look, Nintendo, I'll <laughs> rock up and, uh, you know, buy a physical copy. Just just feed me. Literally, literally turned up like EB Games, EB Games when it was in Centro, actually. So, like, mm-hmm. the, the old the old location. And they, they had, like, Domino's pizza waiting there. And they had, like, cans of Monster. And they had, like, little little basketball chucking games where, where I won Jade a little hat. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like actually, it was cool. It was fun, but it was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, midnight launches now. Uh, like for example, the I guess the most recent, what was the most recent game I preloaded? Be uh, yeah, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, but the one I pre-ordered. No, no and, we. No, I'm just talking about the most recent like uh, like game I've preloaded on Switch, and now it's like 11:30. It unlocks, and I'm sitting here like you know about to go to bed. I'm like, yeah, cool. This game came out. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that's. The- it's sad because yeah. like it's a it's such a big part of part of the culture. If I ever owned a store, if I ever owned a store that specialized around video games, I would fucking one hundred percent do that shit. I would make sure that shit is done because it is such such a fucking good thing for one PR and two like you know just just for the just for the celebration of it all. Like yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass having to like maybe pay somebody <laughs> to come in for just like an hour to sort of service this type of thing, but like. Mm. Make it like get a couple pizzas, man. Lay them out for your customers. Show your appreciation, sort of thing. 
and that, that's what the that's what the good thing about midnight launches is. But it's just unfortunate that not everywhere does them anymore, and mm. it's it's sort of a case of like now it's just restricted to mostly the cities. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, we we never got ours like midnight launches apart from the Call of Duty games and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like the, the Wii but they U, don't even do that anymore. Like, it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's really silly. No, no, that's unfortunate. I'll I'll be like for Switch. I think especially like consoles like. Mm. Please let me get my console. I can't preload my console. <laughs> I, w- I would I would do it on a case by case basis, right? Like, so if I had X amount of pre orders, like, uh, or like a, a game like Call of Duty or something, it's just like, oh, you know, thirty people pre ordered, or like, well, twenty to thirty people pre ordered. It's like, oh hell yeah, like I'll get. Like it. if you were the manager, you're saying, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If like twenty to thirty people pre ordered, yeah, shit, yeah, and open the doors. But if it's just mm. like, oh, here's five people that have ordered this fucking. Um, <laughs> It's fucking like the new the new Atelier or something like that. I'll just be like, mm. ah, nah, bugger it. Get the get the Atelier series fans out. Just like, yeah, for, yeah, but for, for for you know, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Five yeah. people, yeah. it's financially viable for your business. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, but, I mean, technically, it would be fa- financially viable anyway in the long run. You know, what's more financially viable? Them, what? Just selling it and working hours and not getting up late. Yeah, that's that's what that's what they. Uh, I'd be playing it late already anyway. Gives <laughs> a shit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's like it's like Breath of the Wild two comes out, I'd, I'd, that shit would already be in my Switch. I'd already be fucking playing it. So it stocks coming to the store like a week prior. I'm like, I'm already playing this. Yeah, don't let Nintendo fucking know that. Of course not. <laughs> I'd have a Switch that's always offline. Yeah, no, but definitely. like you know, that's the thing. Is just like, oh, you'll be you'll be the one breaking street date. No shit, no, absolutely not. Oh no, no. Ooh. They gave me my copy of Ocarina of Time 3D. I remember that. Shit. Remember that? I remember that. I was, all, I, was, I was like, fuck, really? I was so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> they gave it to me. They gave it to me a week early and I was just like, sweet. I'm like, what is there to ruin really? It's like I got it a week week prior and all that shit. But then like- You're just on the internet, uh, everybody. But like- Zelda is chic. <laughs> no, bros. But then like embargo dates and stuff like that as well that I've had with review copies. Like the most I've done is said to, said to friends and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's good. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's not like it's not like wow. Here is all the major details of the book. Like, I I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Mm. EB yeah, like our EB games would never break a Nintendo Street date these days. Could you imagine that now? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I remember the dude got in trouble for giving it to me early. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he did. I was there when he when he got in trouble for it. I'm just oh. like, I'm, I'm just said to the other guy, I'm like, mate, well, the game's fucking two decades old. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to spoil anything on the internet. Don't worry about it. I don't think I don't think they care at all about <laughs> spoiling it on the internet. I think they care about the uh, the possibility of being blacklisted by Nintendo and not getting any of their games or platforms. Well, I'm not going to tell Nintendo that I have it. <laughs> you kidding? Yeah, you just ring up like their um. I just turned off my fucking online for for a week. It's fine. You ring up their supply chain in like China, like, hey, I actually got this early. It's like, fuck, we're not sending it there again. <laughs> how the, how do they know? How the hell are they going to know what fucking EB Games I got it from? Where did you get? They come to my door. Where did you get this from? Remember, know, the, remember the Nintendo Ninjas. They will smell you out and just be like, "You paid full price for our game a little bit early." You bastard. <laughs> you got the special edition with that really uh, plastic ocarina. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was yeah. such a weird special edition. It's a nice special edition. But it, w- it wasn't like a Nintendo one. It was just like one EB Games put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, so it weird. It's just like, yeah, just put it in like a really bootleg. Like, it's like yeah. in a bootleg box. It's weird as hell. <laughs> yeah, it was good. But uh, yeah, no. Nah, yeah, it was just one of those things. Mm. Just so like- what I'd like to do is that it was actually uh, Zach 
who uh, posted this in our Discord, well, even before Vuxen, a few of these websites picked up on it. So he must have went there or saw someone tweet about it. Yep. And him being, a, I guess, a, a local Melbourne, Melbourneite, Melbourne um, has, has had a few experiences there. And I'd like to talk to him about it on Encore at the House Mario if he's interested. So he if you said listen, he was. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening, Zach, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'm he just, said he was in the Discord. He said he's, he'd be interested yeah. to talk about it. I'd like to hear your stories about your time there because I, I love going there when I was ever in town. But it's all right. Well, now we, now you know what we've got to do. We're going to open the Nintendo experience at EB Games, George Street, Millicent. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Look, you laugh, but we would have a lot of fun. We would have a lot of fun. We would have a lot of fun. We Absolutely, like, we would have a lot of fun. <laughs> Can you imagine someone comes in, it's like, yeah, do you have a Princess Peach Amiibo? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? We just got like a hundred copies of Kid Icarus Uprising for your <laughs> Nintendo 3DS. That's about it. Would you like to play Kid Icarus Uprising? <laughs> we've just we've got the game, just no game cut, but it has all the 3DS stands that came of that game. <laughs> That's all we've got. Uh, mm. Fun times. Yeah, absolutely. I've got enough uh, d- uh, Switch lights. To uh, open up a store you for, do, for you demo do. chaos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah. that's something we could we could think about. Mm. Right, let's move on. This isn't really uh, doesn't really affect Nintendo at all, but this is pretty. Uh, it could potentially. Yeah, it definitely could. Mm-hmm. Um, but just uh, wow. Um, Embracer bought Crystal Dynamics and um, THQ Nordic. They were THQ Nordic. Damn, dude. Anyway, yeah, mm. yeah. So I guess the biggest one was like Crystal Dynamics is bought by Embracer Group. And along with all their franchises, Tomb Raider, all that. Oh, of course, and Eidos, Eidos Montreal as well. Eidos, yeah. Mm. Eidos Montreal. Yeah, yeah. All got bought out by Square Enix. No, Square Enix sold it to Embracer. My yeah. Bad. yeah. For only... um. All got sold out. For only $300 million as well. Yeah, not a dev lot. teams with all, with Which all is this IP. Crazy, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll read this one. Uh, Square Enix looks to be shedding its costs, uh, its, its coat for the summer, rather. <laughs> you scrolled and I couldn't read. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> After the company entered an agreement with a Bracer Group to sell off most of, if not all, of its Western development apps, assets, Embracer Group, formerly known as THQ Nordic, has announced that it has entered into an agreement with Square Enix to purchase much of the latter's Western digital of, uh, assets. The sale hands, the sale hands control and ownership of it. Eidos, Crystal Dynamics, and Square Enix Montreal to Embracer and includes 1,100 employees, crap, across eight global locations as well as dozens of IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and more. It'll set Embracer back 300 million US dollars. The companies which have compri- have comprised the, the vast majority of Square Enix's Western development efforts have been seeing middling success for the past half decade. Uh, with some high-profile failures, such as Marvel's Avengers ultimately failing to turn a profit to, or meet sales expectations. Eidos' Mar- uh, Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy fared better critically, but similar f- similarly failed to meet Square Enix's lofty sales expe- expectations. Uh, Square Enix says its development teams will consist of its studios in Japan, Square Enix External Studios, and Square Enix Collective. Just Cause... Uh, just cause or just cause, either way you say it. Uh, Outriders. <laughs> just cause. Well, yeah, no, but it's it's a dual mean it's a dual meaning game. You do things just cause, or you do it for a just cause. It's a dual meaning game. It's yeah, 
No, fair. I've never heard just cause. It's just yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's just like, cause or yeah, just, it's just cause. Like, so dismissive. Yeah, just cause. Yeah. Well, why don't you uh, just jetpack into a tornado yeah. with, a, with a cow? No, but, you, but yeah, you can do that. You can fucking set grenades on a cow's ass and fucking let it fly away. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's right. It's just cause or just cause. It's a dual meaning game. I've, yeah, um, just... Yeah, I've just never heard it being called that. That's never really. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Outriders as and Life is Strange will remain uh, continued published by Square Enix. Uh, yeah, because they sell. <laughs> I guess none of the studios acquired uh, have developed any games for the Nintendo Switch, but many of the titles included in the back catalog and IP purchases, which are not listed, uh, which are not listed individually, are likely to be present on the platform in one way or another. It remains to be seen if Embracer will use those games and IPs to develop titles for the Switch or its successor. But they've been given a fairly solid supporter of the. But given they've been a fairly solid supporter of the platform since it released in 2017, it's probably a safe bet we'll be seeing more in the future. So it does relate in some way. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I guess. Um, just with like the only game basically from these Western studios was uh, Life is Strange: True Colors, mm. but um, came out recently. I haven't played it on Switch, but just um, yep. Yeah, yeah. One of my, I guess, favorite franchises. But I think, I think this is just interesting from the fact, just like how cheap they went, that they sold it all, and what this means for like the future of these IPs, especially Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is one of my favorites, and I really want to see it. Just did we talk about Yuji Naka next week? Uh, last week. Uh, I can't remember. To be honest. Uh, <laughs> I don't Balan, think so. Balan Wonderworld? No, I don't think we did. Oh, shit. Okay, so that was another big thing that happened. So I'll bring that up briefly briefly, because it sort of ties into my thoughts about this, actually. Okay. okay. So um, for those who don't know, uh, Yuji Naka, uh, who, who who is primarily known as the creator of Sonic, um, had been in a legal battle uh, with Square Enix for the last six months or so mm. um, regarding Balan Wonderworld, because as you know, he was the director of that game and um, it obviously failed spectacularly. It's a very poorly made game in a lot of ways. There are people out there that will always be its stalwart defender, of course, but the general reception is that the game is fucking terrible and the game is controlled with a control stick and a single button on a controller that has many control sticks and buttons. So I'd like to say it's probably a pretty poor quality product in a lot of ways. Just minimalist. Um, <laughs> minimalist. You could play it as a. I, I feel like I feel like they. It was supposed to be made as a mobile game, and it it got turned into a console game somehow. Mm. But the long and short of it is, um, uh, Yuji Naka has been in a legal battle with them uh, for the last six months, and that has just finally sort of come to a conclusion because uh, he was the director for that project, and then three months before it's released, he was. Uh, stripped of his title um, just for making business conversations with specific people uh, and Square Enix didn't like that so they stripped him of that and took him off the project and they released an unfinished product. Um, Yuji Naka himself said it was an unfinished product. He was the director of the game the entire time it was in except for the last three months. Mm -hmm. So you can very much believe it is a 100% unfinished product. Um, And (laughs) so... It, it it's it's really starting to form this image of uh, Square Enix now that is basically shit. You guys are really becoming the EA of Japan in a lot of ways. Oh, that's some that's some words. That's no, that <laughs> I think it's pretty fucking accurate words to be honest. When you think about like in recent years, like mm. I would say Final Fantasy fourteen is their most cared after product mm. um, as as in its current time. Um, and the reason it is the most cared after product is because, well, one, they put it in the shitter and it was costing them a lot of money in version 1.0. Uh, 
Then they brought Naoki Yoshida in and Yoshida turned all around. And they know if they do that shit again, they're just going to lose their cash cow because it's a very fucking, it's a very, very good cash cow right now. But if you think of like Final Fantasy 15, that sort of went into the shitter. Uh, anything, anything Final Fantasy related except for 14, uh, except for 14's rebirth since Final Fantasy 13 has been in the shitter. And Final Fantasy 13 is over a decade now. Or is it a decade? I think it's over a decade now. Yeah, when it came out, 20... Um, I think the 2020, uh, 2012 or 2013. Yeah, something like that. Was 2013, was that the third one though? Or was it... Actually, no. No, it was even further back than that, wasn't it? Yeah. 2011, 2010, something like that. So it's over a decade old. Yeah, definitely. So for over a decade, they've managed to flounder their most... Like their highest selling series... Uh, Dragon Quest has done okay since then, but they don't release as many Dragon Quest titles as they do Final Fantasy titles. Mm. Um, and then, you know, uh, Tomb Raider went pretty well on its first couple uh, couple outings, and I think, like, it's, it's sort of carried on that ever since, but that's just been sold off, you know. they a lot, uh, any Anything Western <laughs> is being sold off now. Yeah. I mean, they, they always came back with a financial report being like, ah, oh, it sold less than we wanted it to, even though it sold, like... 5 million to 8 million copies. It's like... But that's what I mean. I don't it's know. Like they, don't, they don't see that as a success anymore, which is stupid. It's like you need you need a just a massive hit to even hit what their, their minimum is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. And that's why, they, why I said they were sort of becoming the next EA because they keep filling their shit. I uh, mean, I mean... To be fair though, EA has their, their pipeline. They have their, their products but. People can rely on each year, whether it's FIFA to be the same, yeah, or Madden, because they are the same. Yeah, and they they sell a heap each year. But it seems like with uh, Square Enix, they're like oh, they keep cutting corners. We want we want money, but we don't know how to EA his- how to get it. <laughs> EA historically cuts corners. Square Enix are cutting corners. All right. So the problems most people with have with EA are the fact that they've cost they've cut corners. Even with Battlefield twenty forty two, how many people have you seen talk about twenty forty two after its first week? I hear a few people talk about it, but it's always just making fun of it. Exactly. Because it got, it got an update recently that gave it a scoreboard. So, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it cut corners. It cut huge amounts of corners. Yeah. And that's what the problem with a lot of um, a lot of Square Enix titles have been in the last decade. is like Final Fantasy fifteen. They're like, all right, we need it out. And they fucking gave their development teams harsh. Like, they treated them like absolute shit. And the director for that game got treated like absolute crap. Uh, mm. Even though he was thrown into a project that was already like eight years old at that point, and you know they fired like three directors before him um, just to get that game finished, and then they that game will now remain eternally unfinished because they're not releasing every bit of DLC that was promised, so the story is never going to be complete. Um, so you know they cut corners, they cut corners there, and they fired that like they they parted ways with him. Um, they never gave him enough budget to do the work he needed to do. Um, then you've got things like Balan, where they literally just fired the director and released it. That game is literally the, the, the I say cut corners, right? They cut corners. Don't imagine that game as the cut, like the get that something that there is a piece of product there and the corner's been cut off it. Imagine it the off cut of that corner. <laughs> that is Balan Wonderworld. That's a great way to put Wonderland. it. Wonderland. Yes. Yeah. 
that is how bad it was. <laughs> so, and if you're going to tell me that like Balan isn't comparable on the level of like Battlefield 2042 in terms of like how cut the corner is, mm. it, it is exactly the same. Yeah. And I'm starting to see a parallel here. And that annoys me because I like Square Enix as a company when it does well. Yeah. I guess like thinking about uh, Battlefield, mm-hmm. <laughs> just how are you even comparing these two? It's just like how more important Battlefield is to EA than Balan Wonder. Wonderland, Wonderland, yeah. So world of land, I've already forgotten now that you've said both. Um, yeah, it's, it's one or the other. It's yeah. I think it's land. It's land. It's land. Yeah, I think it's Balan Wonderland, and everybody's like, "Why the fuck isn't it called Wonder World?" That sounds better. Because world is the sequel. That's what Mario did. Oh God. He explored the land, Don't and start. he went <laughs> with the three D world. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, it is interesting. A, a lot of people are speculating. It's like, are they offloading some of this to be acquired by a, a Sony, a, a Microsoft, a whoever? I don't know, but I, I think it's mainly like they're, they're that desperate just to shred, uh, I guess, these costs that a lot of these or uh, well, these two companies are causing the, the publisher. So well, I mean, they're just keen to get out. Like one of the things they, they make note of in this article is like titles such as like Thief, Legacy of Kane, like ti- those titles in specifics. Like I hear people say nice things about Thief. Yeah, no, Thief, yeah. But I've never played one myself. And then Legacy of Kane is a property they've done fucking nothing with for two decades. So, mm. you know, unfortunately, it's one of those things. It's like, at what point, you know, at what point does it sort of like hold hold water? But for $300 million, you know, companies that handled stuff like Tomb Raider, which has been like really successful. Well, not, not, success, not successful enough, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I... I was just really excited because um, Crystal Dynamics they came out saying that they're on they're working on the brand new Tomb Raider with um, in the Unreal Engine five, which is like brand new, I guess next generation yeah. uh, game engine. It's yeah. like oh, I can't wait to see that. Uh, but Embracer Group, like they're, they're typically I guess looked at as like a double A publisher, and they've got over like a hundred development teams under their name. And not only that, Embracer Group is also just under another massive banner, which has got even more teams. Like it's just it's just massive. Um, so I'm just wondering like how much of a budget, how much of like resources is the Embracer group going to now give Crystal Dynamics to allow them to make a, a massive AAA, just, just 3D action game? I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll obviously see. I hope it's going to be great. It's not going to be on Switch. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love the Tomb Raider games. I'm actually, um, actually going to play through them again, the first one. I started on Xbox because I had a uh, on sale there. And I went up to my Epic Games store and I'm like, oh, I've got all the Tomb Raider games on Epic Epic Games. Must have they gave them out for free at one point. Wow. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They just they just want to give them to me. No wonder uh, Square Enix makes no money on them. <laughs> <laughs> I just got them everywhere. Oh, free here, free there. Oh god. Stop picking roses. Oh, I'm gonna turn right there. Oh, I'm putting your pocket off. Oh, <laughs> it smells nice, Lara Croft. Oh, a bit sweaty from all her adventurings, all right there. Oh my god. Oh. Beautiful. Yeah, no, just wonderful. And uh, I guess our last story, Bryce, this is also from Vooks. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, articles from, from Vooks today. Definitely a fantastic uh, Australian uh, Nintendo news site. Uh, uh, titled, The Nintendo-themed hotel based in the original headquarters of the company is now open. Beautiful. So before we read the article, Bryce, are we going to go to the Nintendo hotel? And if it is the love hotel, are we going to engage in some sweet lovemaking? <laughs> <laughs> you wish, mate. You like to you like to get the whole like the Look. whole the whole bed suite that has the coin noise every time the spring spring squeak. Ding 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 Look, I just need to break the ice, Bryce, and just you know we we like Nintendo, we like each other, 
We just need that extra step, don't you reckon, mate? <laughs> the Nintendo Love Hotel is the extra step. <laughs> I like how I mentioned earlier that I hadn't turned gay yet. Now I'm like full on hitting on you. But uh, yeah, here we are. It all comes out. So the article reads... <laughs> Uh, Nintendo may have moved into a la- uh, larger and larger offices with no signs of slowing down anytime soon, but for the first 70 years or so of their history, they were ba- based in the same location between their moving out uh, between their moving out and just this year the place sat empty. But no longer though, as the old Nintendo headquarters has been converted into a hotel with 18 rooms all featuring uh, original items from the former uh, occupiers, Nintendo. And it's a real historic location. Uh, As it is now a hotel, thankfully not Hotel Mario. (laughs) Oh, that's a good joke. I would love them to renovate as Hotel Mario. It's like... Just Here's the problem. (laughs) Just toasters everywhere. Here's the problem. Too many toasters. Uh, as as you can book and stay and enjoy living in Nintendo history, just like uh, Paolo, 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 Paolo. I haven't watched Paolo. I need to watch this video uh, from the YouTube channel Paolo from Tokyo did. Is, is, is that the YouTube channel Paolo from Tokyo? Anyway, uh, as you can, uh, yes, Paolo from Tokyo. So you can check YouTube out that channel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know why that tripped me up. <laughs> with restaurants, a lounge, and a secret library filled with items from Nintendo's 132-year history, it really is the ultimate place to stay for those die-hard Nintendo fans. Just be aware of the average room rate is oh. around $900 a night. Jesus. I assume that's Australian because yeah, it's an Australian it's site. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so be a bit cheaper for you Americans. It'll be like $1.50 for Americans, I reckon. <laughs> it also it needs to be mentioned that the, the hotel is not affiliated with the company. Mm. Oh, that's a big ask then. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it, it's basically just uh, someone bought it and be like, this was Nintendo, so we're going to use that to our advantage. Such a fucking pretty building though. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, just like all like the- Gorgeous. The old artwork just etched into like the- the side into, walls into and everything. The, yeah, into the side walls and then, you know, you've got like the 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 uh arc, like the architecture itself. Oof. No. Absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. The the video where <laughs> where they uh, basically go through and check it out. It's about a 20-minute video. So, I might check this out a bit later. But yeah. That's pretty cool. We will not be uh, making love in there, bro, though. That will uh, not. I'd like to go check it out. I don't know about stay though. I don't know if they'll let you just go and check it out. Yeah, sure. Why not? She's like, hey, can we go and have a look at the room? Like, yeah, man, just come up. <laughs> <laughs> you get like the room, which people can't afford, but just want to have a look because they're big Nintendo fans. No, I just mean like go check out the building, man, and go see what it's all about. We should stay there and dig up the carpet, see if we can find any secrets. It's like, oh, so yeah. I wonder how many people they're going to get visiting at $900 and $900 a night. I don't think they're going to get a lot of people. You're not going to get your typical just uh, Western Nintendo fan going, oh, look, oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Super Mario. I don't so. think you're going to get your, t- your typical Japanese fan staying there. I don't think. No. No, I don't think. I don't think they, yeah. They'd be like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> you know, I'll work 50 hours a week when I'm having enough time to stay here. <laughs> Just yeah. like yeah, the the lounge area here with like everything on display, all nicely lit, looks awesome. But when it when it comes to spending a lot of money with hotels, I want spas and pools and saunas and stuff like that. I don't want to like a library, you know. <laughs> yeah, personally yeah, for me, little. when I when I'm on holiday. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bryce. That brings us to the end of the news. Let's go and check out the red coin releases, and we'll see what that's all about. 
What button do I have? There it is. Yeah, you did it. Oh, well, fantastic. You did it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice button. Uh, so the first game is uh, Citizen Sleeper, and you can get it for $27 on the Australian eShop. It's 10% off, so save that three bucks, eh? Uh, and the game is uh, role-playing in the ruins of interplanetary cap- capitalism. Wow, that sounds like fun. <laughs> oh. Um, so, live the life of an escaped worker washed up on a lawless station at the edge of an interstellar society, inspired by the flexibility of uh, and freedom of a tabletop RPG. Explore the station, choose your friends, escape the past, and change your future. Now, I have checked this game out when I was downloading stuff on my PC. This is actually a part of Xbox Game Pass. And I looked at it and went, absolutely not. This is not a Drew game whatsoever. This is <laughs> this is like, yeah, like you're very much building. Like, but artistically, yeah, it looks really nice. It looks very nice. But as like, you know, you're putting, it's just like menus galore. It's just yeah. like a simulation putting together your, your space station. I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it looks great if you're into that type of thing. Looks very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Art style is very nice. Next up is, uh, actually, no, nothing about this one. Wildcat Gun Machine. You can get it for $17.60 on the eShop. It's on a 20% discount, so save that cash instead of paying 22 bucks if you're into it at launch. And a little description here is, Wildcat Gun Machine is an explosion roller, co- uh, roller coaster ride. Wow. It's a bullet-held dungeon crawler where you take on hordes of disgusting flesh beasts with a wide, wide variety of guns, giant mech robots, and cute kittens. Right, they want me over the cute kittens, but please tell me more. Explore sprawling maze-like dungeons and liberate giant mech robots from demonic elder gods. Enemy encounters are challenging and specifically designed, not randomized. Not any of that dead cell stuff. All right, none of that. To provide difficult combat puzzles. All right, might end it there. Let's have a look at the game here, Bryce. <laughs> looks a lot like Hades to be honest yeah it does like, the art style looks looks pretty good not quite as good obviously Hades is pretty masterful in its art direction but it looks pretty nice $17 I, I only started playing that game recently oh right um, but uh, I uh, not to not to outshine this but like <laughs> I, 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 I put I put a little bit of time into it before I had to sell my Xbox back and I'm starting to see why people love fucking Hades so much it's yeah. really good it yeah. is it's really good mm. I, I, I played it for a couple of hours I'm like this is fantastic but I haven't gone back to um, it yet. I will it's a bit disheartening when like you finally beat the first boss like sweet then you get past it and I, I was on such a good run I was like holy shit and then all the way back to the end and I could beat the first boss again I'm like oh I, I don't know if I don't know uh, I mean I'm okay with it if the game is good yeah and the game is good yeah absolutely and this one I put on there for the name alone and like I, I, I talked about how the cats really uh, almost sold me on the last game, but this one called Flycat. You can get it for a dollar fifty. Oh my god! And oh my god, it's a it's a deal of a lifetime, ladies and gentlemen. It's eighty percent off. It's usually seven dollars and fifty cents on the Australian eShop. But uh, the little description here is hyper casual. Unlock new cats as your score gets higher. This game is where your goal is to keep pressing a button. Perfect timing to help a flying cat pass by enraged dogs. All right, all right. So for a dollar fifty, you can keep pressing buttons and get past enraged dogs. And it looks like a—it's Flappy Bird. It looks like Flappy it's Bird. It's fucking yeah. Flappy Bird. Jesus Christ. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how a cat. Look, they've really got to work out the storyline with this because I don't understand how a cat is just flying through the air <laughs> like this. At least Flappy Bird. No, it's it's a bird. It flaps, but 
Flycat? No. Flycatch? I don't what think so. What are they good for flying? Flycat? So, all right. Let's, let's take a step back from this game, bro. So $1.50. $1.50 won't get you much in life. But it certainly should not be spent on fly cat. Would you agree? <laughs> Probably not. There's, yeah. there's, yeah, look, we don't have to. Oh, Bryce is dying again on the show. Yeah, it's about that time. <laughs> yeah, look, look at the time. Oh, look, Bryce. I just got a notification. Bryce is dying. Uh, we're talking about fly cat here. Sorry, Bryce. That's that's what's killing it. I'll stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> but it, if if you're in the mood for just uh, just hating decisions that you've uh, made in your life, go and buy a fly cat. That's definitely one you can look back on and just. <laughs> wonder why why did I buy Flycat why did I buy Flycat it even looks like it has physics like Flappy Bird does yeah no it looks like looks like it looks like the cat's about to take a nosedive like mm. the bird does in Flappy Bird and the, the Nintendo eShop here doesn't even provide a a video for us so we can't even make that distinction no that is a big shame but uh, Flycat we talked about it the most out of <laughs> these games what are they good for flying Flycat mm. Mm. absolutely so Bryce that brings us to the end of the show, I believe. I think we've run out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Bryce, I can tell you're sick of my face. I don't get sick of your face, <laughs> but but sometimes I look at your knees. I'm like, all right, I think I've had enough for today. <laughs> so I'm it's trying to knees. make I'm trying to make eye contact with you with your face, but just your knees are just screaming out to me. I don't know what, <laughs> what's going on. You got little mouths. <laughs> <laughs> if you got holes in your knees, that is no good. No. Mm. No, no, it's not. No, no, it's no good. You're right. So, everybody, thank you very much for listening to episode 220 of The House of Mario. If you want to stick around for an encore towards the end of this week, you can um, you can catch it where I'm talking with Josh from Nintendvania all about Reggie's new book. Be a bit of a book club. Be, be a lot of fun discussing all of the little tidbits coming out of that. Bryce might join. You might not. I might. I might. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. And just a bit of a thing about encore. It's a basically... Uh, it's another podcast trying to grow on its own feed. I do uh, cross-post uh, guest episodes on there. A lot of the episodes are just with me. They'll just be on that feed. But I cross-promote uh, the guest episodes on this this feed as well um, because I want you guys to hear it. I want to help grow that show yep. as well. Yep. And uh, yeah, just want to make it worth the, the guest time. Well, that's that's the, yeah, that's the other thing too is just like having, having that guest on there. It's just like, oh, the exposure is nice for everybody. Absolutely, in every every facet. So, mm, yeah. yeah. So, regardless of where you listen to it, I know it might be frustrating sometimes if you see it double up in your feed. But definitely go and support Encore at the House of Mario. Go and leave it a subscription on your Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or oh, I got I got a question about uh, iHeartRadio the other day. It's like, is it on there? I'm like, yes, it is. No one's asked me that before, but yes, it's on <laughs> iHeartRadio. Just any any podcast service. If it's not there, well, let me know and I'll put it on there. If it's on. Yes. So even on Google Podcasts, who listens through Google Podcasts? Not even Google. No. No. How hard was it to get it on there initially? It was kind of a pain in the ass. It was. It? Had to go through a VPN <laughs> initially. Google. 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 Google Blodgast. Mm. Anyway, guys, once again, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. And the doors to the House of Mario are closed. I'll catch you later. See you now. <laughs> The House of Mario, a Nintendo podcast, is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew, and my co-host is Bryce DeWitt. 
If you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts, Encore at the House of Mario, A Drew Story and Crackin' Furfies, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you would like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.